Hi, this is Arielle Jack, Student Ministries Director here at New Life Church. Thank you for joining our podcast today. I pray the following presentation encourages, challenges, and inspires you to take the next step in your faith journey. Enjoy the message. Church is often characterized as being about you. God came for you, saved you from your sins. God loves you. Those are not wrong statements. But did you know that the church is not about you? It's not even about the lost. Did you know that? Well, our mission, right? That God gave the mission. The mission is to go into all the world. That's the mission, but it's not what it's about. The church, salvation, reality in a, in a, in a nutshell is about bringing God glory. Today's going to stretch you. Here we go. The idea that God would go to such great lengths, becoming human himself, in order to save undeserving people sounds almost like a fairy tale, almost too good to be true. But it is true, and it's good news. John 1.14, this is our, our main text for today, says this, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word, now, the word, go back two weeks, remember? The word created everything that was created, right? This word was with God at the beginning. And then the word, the creative purpose of which God created all the things in the universe, became flesh and dwelt among us. This is important for Christmas. Jesus is literally God made flesh. God was not just a good teacher among many other teachers. He is actually God. We have to grasp this concept. According to C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity, a man who was merely a man and says the sort of things Jesus said would not be a good moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level with a man who says he's a poached egg. Or he would be the devil of hell. You must take your choice. Either this was and is the son of God, or else a madman or something worse. You can't shut him up for a fool, or you can, uh, excuse me, you can shut him up for a fool, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing notions or nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. The things that he said either make him who he said he was, or we have to reject him completely because he would be completely nutso. So C.S. Lewis saw this. He said, He either is the word made flesh and dwelling among us, or he's not. You can't have, so many people this day want to cherry pick the moral statements of Jesus. Oh, he was a good teacher. He had good ideas, good thoughts. If we all just lived like Jesus, if we all just lived like Jesus, without Jesus being Jesus, we'd all be crazy. Paul says, if the resurrection isn't happened, we are, of all people, most miserable. We're liars. It had to have happened, really had to have happened. 
There have been heresies concerning the nature of Jesus over the history of, the, of Christianity. One of them is called docetism. This is the idea that Jesus didn't really have a human body, just an appearance of one, convenient, and was indeed only a spirit. This heresy undermines Jesus being born as a God-man, as well as his physical death and resurrection. It may seem impossible to some for the Son of God to actually dwell on the earth as a baby. It's a big ask. It's a big ask. I get it. It's a big ask. But I'm not asking you for it. God is. This is how he revealed himself. That's why we have to trust this book. Because this is how God has revealed himself to us. Otherwise, we're just grasping at straws. It's a big ask. Think about God. God. And all this, all the God we talked about today, all glory to God, right? Needing to have his diaper changed. His nose wiped. His fingernails and toenails clipped. This is the God, this is how he revealed himself to us. But it was this willingness to humble himself and take on humanity's weaknesses that made Jesus' victory over death possible. Open your Bibles to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, and verse uh, verse 5 we're going to start with. It says this. Adopt the same attitude as Christ Jesus. Just do a hard stop right there for a second. Adopt the same attitude as Christ Jesus. Now what, he's going to follow that statement up with some information. What is that attitude? What is the attitude of Christ Jesus? Well, here we go. Who existed in the form of God who existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death. Even the death on a cross. For this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name. So at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Now, we could stop there. That's a, that's a big thing. Every knee will bow on the heavens above, earth below, and under the earth. And they will say, Jesus Christ is Lord. But why? Next sentence. To the glory of God the Father. All that stuff that Jesus did, all the things that he was, was simply to bring God glory. Your redemption was done to bring God glory. The sacrifice of Jesus on the cross was to bring God glory. 
have that same attitude as was in Christ Jesus, that everything that you do, everything that you go through, every trial, every victory comes at the point of giving God glory. How does your life give God glory? That's the attitude by which you should have. That's the same as Jesus Christ. Wow. Paul says that we are to have the same attitude as Jesus. Complete and utter commitment to the glory of God. This, listen to this, this is humility that God can exalt. The humility of Jesus, what does it say? For this reason, God highly exalted him. Humility that God can exalt is a humility that puts everything that you are in the framework of giving God glory. So I will reiterate what I said at the very beginning. It's not about you. Guess what? Your job, it's not about you. Your money, not about you. Your kids, not about you. You're about them, but they're not about you. Your home, not about you. The struggle that you're going through right now, not about you. The sacrifices you have to make, not about you. When's the last time you got nailed to a cross? He said, even to the sacrifice, even to the point of death on the cross, and it was about the glory of God. Now reframe your struggle right now. How does your struggle bring God glory? Oh, if we could think about that, it would reframe the way we live. All right, let's get into Christmas. Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, 6 through 22. And we read this verse last week, and we're going to kind of move past it. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth, meaning Mary. Then she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in tightly in cloth, and laid him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Right, Tom? Where's Tom? That's right, right. Amen, brother, right? Now verse 8 jumps in. In the same region, the region of Judea, shepherds were staying in the fields, keeping watch at night over their flocks. Then the angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, And they did what every human being who's ever been revealed to by an angel or God has done. They were terrified. I think it's, I just think it's, can we just step back for a second? Talk about the presence of God is in this place. And that's true. But I'm just glad that we have the Holy Spirit. Because if we got this, we wouldn't be jumping around and <laughs> we'd be flat on our faces like, oh my God, I'm going to die. We live in the age of the Holy Spirit working and living in us in a tender, uh, cooperative way. Isn't that nice? When these people saw, were ex- exposed to the angelic and to the heavenly, their response was total 
terror. The prophets use words like this, I am undone. Like I'm a little nuclear bomb, an atom bomb. I'm just undone in the presence of God. Maybe we should have a little bit more. Maybe we treat God a little bit too familiar. Maybe we should have a little bit more respect and awe. You ever think about that? That's a soapbox that I'm not willing to get on today. Okay, here we go. They were terrified. Verse 10. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid. For look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all people today in the city of David. A Savior has been born to you, which is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a babe wrapped tightly in cloth and laying in a manger. Suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly hosts with the angel praising God and saying, what did the angels say? What do they say? Glory to God. The angels are about God's glory. In the highest heaven, and peace on earth to people he favors. You see, when God gets glory, we get peace. When you glorify God with what you are, you get peace. We're going to touch on that a little bit more. When God is put in his proper place in your life, what is reaped? Peace. Verse 15. When the angels had left and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was laying in a manger. After seeing them, they reported the message they had told about this child. They were told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God. When you have an experience with God, you reflect his glory. It's not just a clever sermon title. Reflections of glory. They were glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. Back to John 1. John 1, 14, our, our key verse. Ready? The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Right? That was the first part. And now we observed his glory, just like the shepherds. We observed his glory, the glory of the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. When God is glorified, you get peace and you get grace and you get truth. When God is put in his proper place in your life, you receive peace, and you receive grace, and you receive truth. The goal of Jesus is, to glory, is the glory of God. The goal of Jesus is the glory of God. God gained glory by rescuing humanity. So yes, it's true that God went to great lengths, Becoming a human himself in order to save undeserving people. But Christmas is actually not about you. It's about God. Christmas is actually not about Jesus. 
It's about God. Jesus' only purpose in his incarnation was to bring God glory. He was obedient to the point of the cross for the glory of God. Now just, just, just think about that for two seconds. It's a big statement, and I want you to think about it. Jesus' purpose for everything that he did was to bring God glory. And then we have Paul saying, have the same attitude of Christ Jesus. John Piper puts it this way. The deepest reason why we live for the glory of God is that Jesus, the second person of the Godhead, acted for the glory of God. We are passionate about God's glory because Jesus is passionate about God's glory. The most glorious thing about God is that he is so completely, fully self-sufficient that the glory of his fullness, of his being, overflows in truth and grace for his creation. He's so self, he doesn't need us. He wants us. And he says, when you put me in, your prop, my, in my proper place, my glory overflows onto you. He, um, and therefore, in his fullness, he overflows for us. Such is the grace we receive at Christmas. I said it a bunch of times this morning because I've been in that mode, but I've said it before this. I often say at the beginning of a worship service, right? As God is glorified, we are edified. When we glorify God, we receive everything that he has meant for us. When we plug in, we are, we are edified because we are plugged into the very purpose of our existence. But it's not just singing that glorifies God. Jesus' sacrifice on the cross was glorifying to God. No singing. Like Scott's wired for, for, for praising the Lord. He's wired to sing. He, it, when, we, when, we were, when we were going through interview process with Scott, right, I said, how do you, what, what, is your, what is your devotional life like? And he's like, I, I just, I, I love this, to engage with worship music and just sing. I'm like, that's a pretty good answer for a worship leader. You get a sticker. He's wired that way. He sings. That's how, listen, that's not all. That's not everybody in this room. Think about the different things that are glorifying. We know in the life of Jesus that sacrifice is glorifying. Obedience is glorifying. Those two, two things often go hand in hand. In order to be obedient, you must sacrifice something. Looking at this word and saying, man, my life is not really lining up. In order to glorify God, I need to be obedient, and that means I, I need to get rid of some stuff. I need to sacrifice some stuff. That's glorifying. Men, godly leadership of your families is glorifying. Sharing the goodness of God is glorifying. Service is glorifying. Loving your neighbor is glorifying. 
marveling at na the natural world is glorifying. Being a godly money manager is glorifying. Working diligently as unto the Lord and not to man is glorifying. Being in fellowship with your Christian brothers and sisters is glorifying. Even if it's done in the backdrop of a football game. That was a good night. Good food. I, I'll, I'll take God's glory all day with that coming. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? I think we, 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 um, we box God in that, like, the way we can glorify him is attending church. Now, come to church. I like seeing you. And I think God wants us to fellowship together. But I'm saying it's not a ritual that says, oh, we came to church. God's glorified. We, the reason we came to church is why God is glorified, because we're obedient, because we're fellowshipping with our brothers and sisters. You know, if you come in and you sing four songs on Sunday morning, check, God's glorified in my life. Eh. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. Colossians 3.23 says, whatever you do, do it for the, uh, from the heart as something done for the Lord. What is whatever? It's like, yeah, it's exactly what it means. There's no Greek translation that's going to change that up. It's whatever. Be the best security guard in the world for the glory of God. Thank you. I appreciate you. For the glory of God. Drive that truck, bro the glory of God, as unto God, not unto men. What does it say in, in, in 1 Corinthians 10? Whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. Now, there it is again, that Greek word, everything, which means, yeah, same thing in English. Philippians 2.14. This is a tough one, guys and gals. Do everything without grumbling and arguing, pastor, so that you may be blameless and pure, children of God who are faultless in a crooked and perverted generation. Can anybody say amen? Do you know that social media was made for grumbling and arguing? Can anybody say amen to that? It's true. It's true. That's the only thing that's done on there. Oh, I put my kids' pictures up. Yeah, and somebody's like, that's an awful picture. <laughs> Would you touch that one up? Do everything as children of God who are faultless in a crooked and perverted generation, among whom, here we go, here's where the light comes in, among whom you shine like stars in the world. Why do you shine like stars in the world? Winslow, I'm picking on you. You, you, you ask for it. Every week by sitting right there in the front row. You're looking pretty good today, my friend. Not shiny at all. Not shiny at all. Nicely cleaned up and good, ready to be at church. You don't, you're not shiny in and of yourself. We are shining in the world because we reflect God's glory. You're shiny. <laughs> you're shiny. When we reflect God's glory... Not our glory. 
When we reflect God's glory, man, we shine. We're different. People go, something's different about that person. What is it? What is it about that person? Why is Gina so shiny? Right, Gina? Why is Gina? Well, why are they so? What's going on? Because it's different, and it reflects God's uh, principles, God's values, God's love, God's whatever, dot, dot, dot. That's what shines out in this world because we are living a dark, dark, perverse generation. And you know what's funny? The writer of Philippians, Paul, was not writing to the 21st century. He was writing to his own generation, which means that Solomon was right. There ain't nothing new under the sun. Every generation on this side of glory is, what is the words? Uh, crooked and perverted. And then we get, we get the opportunity. We, we get the opportunity to shine like stars as we reflect God's glory. Oh, it's so good. That was Jesus' complete and utter motivation. That is why Jesus came to the earth. Now, this I love this verse. I had a hard time choosing which verse was going to be the key verse. The, oh, this one's good. 2 Corinthians 4, 6. For God who said, remember the first week we talked about it? For God who said, let light shine out of darkness. That same God, back at the beginning, that same God has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of God's glory in the face of Jesus Christ. What did Jesus say? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. When we reflect, when we, when we, we would pattern our life after the attitude of Christ Jesus, the same attitude that was there, when we pattern our life after the Messiah, when we pattern our life after this baby that came, when we pattern our life after this uh, person that Christmas is all about, sorry Santa, but it's about Jesus, when we pattern our life after that Real person who took on flesh and bone, blood, sweat. I'm going to let you in on a little secret today. I forgot to wear deodorant today. That's why I have a spare in the office. <laughs> Did you get that on video? Do you think God has stinky armpits? No! Jesus took on our reality. He took on the muck and the grime and the dirt and the stinky armpits. He was just like us in all ways, except without sin. For God, who said, light, light shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of God's glory in the face of Jesus Christ. We can actually mimic and have the same attitude of Christ. And that would be in everything we do to give God glory. We are reflections of God's glory. Just as the shepherds went away glorifying and praising God for the things that they had seen and heard, so when we encounter Jesus, 
our hearts are illuminated to see the glory of God. Jesus shines the light of God's glory on us so that we could join in the heavenly chorus and glorify God with all that we are. Reaping the blessings. Reaping the blessings of the overflow of God's glory. Anything good you see from this guy is Jesus in me. Anything that you see that's not good in this guy right here is all me. It's all me. I want more of the glory of God to shine through me every single day by how I conduct my life. Everything I do in word or deed, I want to do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. Why? For the glory of the Father. Pretty awesome. So let me ask you this question. This is the, the call today. I'm not going to come down to the altar today, but I want you to contemplate real quick these, these few things. In what ways did God wire you to bring him glory? Maybe you're not a singer like Scott. Maybe you're not emotional like me. Jump around, hell yeah. Maybe you're not a preacher. How has God wired you? If your purpose on this earth is to bring him glory, how do you accomplish that? To the best of your ability. Now, there's a lot of mundane things that we can do, like just living our lives, but there's something special that you have. You, you have. That's different than I have. That's different than Anna Mae. You're different. How is God? Maybe it's not singing. You come and you stand and you're very respectful and you just, you're mouthing the words. It's okay. Maybe that's not you. But what is you? It's not enough to just say, I'm not a singer, therefore I'm not going to worship God. If that's not you, what is you? How does, how does God get glory from your life? From your life. Just think about it for a second. Whatever that is. Maybe you haven't found it yet. Maybe it's an exploration you need to go on. But whatever that thing is, be like Jesus and do it. Do everything to bring glory to God. Christmas is not about you. And Jesus would say Christmas was not about him. Interestingly enough, Christmas is all about bringing God glory. Lord, I thank you for this time. Lord, I pray that we would have the same attitude that is in Christ Jesus. Who Though he was God, humbled himself. Humbled himself so far, even to the point of death on the cross, for the glory of God. God, help us to see today. Reveal by your Holy Spirit ways in which we can glorify you. 
God, I love singing. But if that's the extent of my worship, then I am missing the mark. God, help me to look at my life and how you've created me and see in which, in which ways I am glorifying you and which ways I am not. Which ways I am shining the light of God's glory in the world in ways in which I am very And as a church, God, help us to develop into something like a lighthouse so that people are drawn to you as we reflect your glory. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, have a great week. God bless. God bless.